This is Nursing in America. Each week we speak with incredible nurses from all over the world who have taken the leap to start a new life in the United States. If you're thinking about doing the same, then this is the place you'll find all the insider knowledge and inspirational success stories to realize your own American dream. Hi everybody and welcome. I am your host. My name is Tanya Friedman and I'm the Chief Executive Officer of Kinetics USA. We help nurses uh, come to the United States and have done that for many, many years. I'm so excited today to welcome our panel. We have Carla joining us. Hi, Carla. Good evening, everyone. Welcome. We also have Leanne joining us. Hi, Leanne. Wonderful to be here. Thank you and welcome. And last but not least is Paul. Welcome, Paul. Hello. So our topic today is self-care for nurses, how to manage and prevent burnout. This is a very important topic. Even before the pandemic, there was lots of reports of nurses getting burnt out, both physically, emotionally, spiritually. And now with all of the extra stresses of the pandemic, this has become much more of a hot topic. So very excited to uh, dig deep into this topic today. Burnout is a very real thing, unfortunately, but hopefully today is going to be a show where we're going to have some very positive feedback, a lot of hope and inspiration for everybody who's watching. So I'd like each of the panelists maybe to give us um, just a, a, a brief background about yourselves and, and to tell us a little bit about yourselves. Let's start with Carla. Hey everyone, um, I'm Carla. I'm a registered nurse for almost 17 years now. I have a varied nursing experience background. I started with um, medical surgical and then shifted to pediatrics. And um, most of my nursing career um, is focused on that. I also did LTAC back in Middle East. And when I migrated here, I continued with pediatrics. And then when COVID hit, of course, I, I shifted gears into different practice. Um, I started with uh, as an infection preventionist, and that is what is what is I'm currently doing still. Yeah. Okay, so lots of different experience in lots of different areas, Carla, and I think that'll be an interesting perspective because right now you're not actually working in bedside nursing, correct? Yes, oh, it's been two years. Yeah, <laughs> same <All> as COVID. <laughs> so that will be a really interesting perspective. Um, I'd like to move now to Leanne. Um, I'm not sure if everybody watching knows, but Leanne is pretty famous in the United States. Um, uh, before she introduces herself, she's probably going to be humble. So I'm just going to tell everybody <laughs> that Leanne has been featured in Newsweek magazine, Voices of the Century issue on Fox TV News, PBS, BBC, NPR, countless radio and television programs. Her, man her messages of hope inspire people all over the world. Um, in August 2018, Leanne was inducted into the Speaker Hall of Fame. She's a New York best-selling author of 15 Chicken Soup for the Soul um, books, and this includes Chicken Soup for the Soul Inspiration for Nurses. So, Leanne, I thought I would maybe just give you a shout out because I know you're probably going to be humble, but if you want to maybe just give us a little bit of your background. Well, you're very kind. Thank you for that wonderful introduction. Um, yes, I have been a nurse for a long time. You can tell by my hair color. Um, 
And <laughs> well, thank I goodness for gay guy. I see. We, um, I have been uh, every kind of a nurse. I started out in um, med surge and then pediatrics and hospital work. And then I was a school nurse and then I worked in clinics and then I worked PRN at a hospital where I floated to every department. So um, I've had vast um, experiences in all parts of nursing, which came in really handy when I was able to write the book Chicken Soup for the Nurse's Soul, because I knew a little bit about every kind of nursing, which was really a blessing. And, and it did hit the New York Times bestselling list when it came out in the year 2000. So then we wrote two more editions of Chicken Soup for the Soul, just for nurses. And that sort of catapulted me into a speaking career. Um, and I do speak full time and have a program called Self-Care for Healthcare, which was a keynote. And now I've turned it into a year long program. And I give nurses and all healthcare workers tools to care for their minds bodies and spirits every day, which was needed before the pandemic and it is crucially important now. So that's the, my, the privilege of what I get to do every day. Well, do you want to go ahead and introduce yourself? Um, hey guys, I'm also a nurse, uh, practicing here in the, um, the United States as an ER nurse, moved here in 2017. Um, prior to that, I was a nurse educator in the Philippines. Um, I've been a nurse for a total of 15 years. Um, I'm currently um, about to graduate for my doctorate degree this Saturday in doing APRN <laughs> and also certified FNP um, and, of course, passionate about nursing education, but also very passionate about family medicine and emergency medicine. During the COVID, I was working as a crisis nurse for state of Texas and state of Chicago. I was logging in 48 to 60 hours. A week, wow. and then of course I'm going to talk about later what what I did to balance out the stress because COVID was really hard for a lot of nurses that were actually working um, at the bedside, and uh, that's it. I'm I'm here to share my stories, and hopefully people can learn from it as well. Thank you, Paul. And I think it's going to be a really interesting discussion because, you know, all, all of you are nurses, all of you have, are looking at this issue of burnout and how to manage it, how to prevent it from different angles and sharing your experiences. I think it's just going to be so inspirational for everybody. Um, okay, so let's get started. Let's talk a little bit about what is nurse burnout. I know that um, this is a term that we hear in the news all the time. Um, nurses were exhausted before the pandemic um, where there was a nursing shortage. Um, now the U.S. government have actually come out and said that the American Hospital Association has said that it is no longer a shortage. It is now an emergency, nursing emergency, which means that there is enormous pressure on nurses right now. So let's look at what nursing burnout is. And I think we've got a definition here on the screen, which is it is a widespread phenomenon characterized by reduction in nurses' energy that manifests in emotional exhaustion, lack of motivation, feelings of frustration, and may lead to reductions in work efficiency. Paul, can you maybe tell everybody why you think it's so important that we talk about burnout and how to prevent it? Yeah, so um, I think um, burnout is very rampant in the <clears throat> nursing community right now. I guess that's not only exclusive for nurses, but also um, all the healthcare providers, you know, of, of different, you know, professions and uh, different backgrounds. Um, I guess what makes it really extra hard is that um, 
um, our jobs require us to give more than you know what you know what because uh, we're we're dealing with human lives. So you know we got to be emotionally connected with our patients. You know we got to also be physically healthy, mentally you know um, healthy as well as we provide the care. And we want to make sure that we're not committing mistakes as we do those patient care um, um, related stuff. So I guess what happens is if you keep doing this constantly for, you know, too, too many hours or long hours at a time or no recovery in between or not taking care of yourself, um, I guess healthcare workers are more likely to experience burnout faster. I think, I, I don't have the data, but I think it it happens, you know, quite often what I see right now, like I said yesterday during the teaser, was I'm seeing a lot of new nurses. I've been a nurse for 15 years. I don't think I'm. I was probably feeling burnt out, but I, I, I think I still have more to give. I'm. I'm sad with the fact that new nurses are leaving the bedside faster or sooner than what nurses were 15, 20, 30 years ago. And that probably contributes, uh, I mean, things that contribute to it is not only the workload, but also when I did my VNP classes, um, we've identified factors that's causing, you know, nurses to have burnt out or to get tired or to have lower quality of care. It's one of the factors is the increasing complexity of healthcare. So like right now, there's so many changes with the guidelines, with the way we do things, with, you know, with with how we increase patient quality and patient satisfaction at the same time. So all these pressures to the nurses, the demand for better um, better care or better outcomes are probably, you know, taking it all um, emotionally, physically, mentally for nurses, as well as the other healthcare providers. So yeah. I think burnout is very real. Yeah. No, I, I think that you're 100% correct. I'm sure Leanne and Carla would agree. This It's unprecedented the amount of pressure and stress that nurses are under right now. And in the US, there just simply aren't enough nurses. It's a supply and demand issue. Um, so there's a lot of factors that make the um, this topic are very important and timely to speak about right now for nurses so that um, nurses can really um, look at how to manage their burnout. Leanne, I know that, um, that there are a lot of symptoms that nurses might experience with burnout. And I think we have a slide um, that you sent us of some of those uh, um, symptoms of that uh, can be experienced both physically, mentally, and spiritually. Can you talk a little bit about this and some of the feelings um, or some of the symptoms one might experience? <clears throat> Absolutely. And the reason I think, I thank you for putting the slide up because very often people think they are doing better than they really are. We are such benevolent, um, altruistic people that we give and give and give often at our own expenses. And often we think, well, I'm doing okay, physically, mentally, and spiritually. But then when I ask people to look at this list, <clears throat> and put a little mental check by any that apply to them. And so I, I'll just read them. So anybody can contemplate in case they can't see the slide or just to give it some thought. Any physical changes might have symptoms of stress and burnout include appetite changes, headache, fatigue, poor sleeping, increased alcohol intake, frequent illnesses, digestive problems, a pounding heart, grinding teeth, rash, restlessness, foot tapping, finger drumming, nail biting, smoking, and mental symptoms of too much stress. 
forgetfulness, poor concentration, dulled senses, lethargy, boredom, low productivity, a negative attitude, anxiety, the blues, mood swings, anger, bad dreams, irritability, crying spells, nervous laughter, and a loss of a loving feeling in our lives. And I believe we are mind, body, spirit people, and there are spiritual symptoms of too much stress, feelings of emptiness, loss of meaning, doubt, martyrdom, loss of direction, cynicism, apathy, abandonment, worry, isolation, distrust, a feeling that nobody cares. And when I review this list of symptoms sometimes with my presentations, uh, the audiences jokingly laugh, laugh and say, um, is there a box for all of the above? <laughs> because too often they relate to too many of these symptoms. And sometimes I think until we stop and actually do a self-assessment that we don't really realize the toll it's taking on us. That's an interesting thing to talk about is a self-assessment. Can you talk a little bit about that and how somebody would do that? I think just taking time to step back and take a look at your life. We are such a busy, busy society and we are such a busy, busy, demanding profession. And so often we are so busy taking care of other people that we really neglect to take care of ourselves. The same qualities that call us into nursing are the same qualities that allow us to put everybody else first. So I actually ask people to take time out, even if it's 30 minutes. I recommend people to spend 15 minutes a day just in that spiritual mode to meditate or pray or whatever it is you do. But maybe in that reflective time to look at that list of symptoms or sometimes take a day off, <laughs> sit by a mountain stream or in a, on a park bench or just give yourself the space mentally, physically and geographically to look at that list of symptoms and do that self assessment and then determine what you need to do and what changes you can make in order to better care for your body mind and spirit yeah i think i think you're so you, you hit the nail right on the head is is ready to take the space to be able to do a self-assessment we'll be back with the conversation in just a second there's a wonderful opportunity for you kinetics usa is currently recruiting registered nurses from all over the world to work in healthcare facilities here in the usa if you are interested, please apply at kineticsusa.com slash application. That's kineticsusa.com forward slash application. On with the show. Carla and Paul, if you look at that list, and let's put that, that uh, slide on again, and maybe um, some of the um, uh, viewers can, can relate as well. Um, Carla, what are some of the, the symptoms that you've seen in yourself? Um, that are symptoms of burnout. On, it might have been on a physical, mental, or spiritual level. For me um, personally, what I have experienced when the pandemic started was definitely there was boredom, and um, I've always been the type to have a, a perky attitude. But for some reason, at that at that point in time, I was like thinking about just negative stuff. And of course, um, what comes into play is I was also um, postpartum. So aside aside from what is happening around, I also had the blues, the postpartum blues to top it off. So um, it was really a lot on my plate at the time. 
that I'm just thankful that I didn't end up seeking like professional help. I'm not saying that you should you shouldn't, but um, I really had to sit back and like what Leanne said, you really have to um, reassess yourself and see where you are at or what's missing or what's what's happening to yourself um, before you can act, before you can actually uh, really function back to how you normally were. Like do a self check. Yeah, I think well, that's and a- I might suggest if I might that the next step to that, then I think that is so important that we often forget. So now I took a half a day and I did this assessment. Then I like people to actually take time to figure out what is it you need to better care for your body, mind, and spirit. And then I joke that we need to ask as persistently as a toddler asks, because when a toddler figures out what they want, they ask him for it until they get it, right? I want juice, <laughs> yeah. I want juice, I want juice, I want juice till somebody gets the kid. Yeah. So I want us to ask for our juice. First of all, from ourselves. I think we need to give ourselves permission to care for our, and maybe we need to ask, figure out, do you need more time? Do you need more better diet? Do you need more sleep? Do you need better mental health? Do you need more spiritual time? And then figure out what you need to do to change your life and ask the people around you, maybe your family or your coworkers or your community um, and yourself to then take the next step after the assessment and actually uh, make those requests of yourself and others to you implement a better care plan for yourself. Yeah, that's that's a great way of putting it, a care plan for yourself. And um, thank you for sharing that, Leanne. So, Paul, if you look at those symptoms, what are some of the things that you recognize in yourself that you were experiencing that now you look at and can see this, the symptoms of burnout? Um, yeah. yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad that Leanne is sharing this slide because um, I think if, if I want to sit down and check on this, I, I probably would be able to check 50 to 60 or probably 70% of these um, things. But some of the things that stood out for me, definitely there was fatigue. Like I said, um, at the start of the pandemic, there was a need for crisis nurses to fill up spots for, you know, for nurses that are getting sick. You know, we have to um, um, take like 48 to 60 hours a week. Some nurses are working 72, 96 hours. We're talking about 12 hour shifts times five days, six days, seven days with no breaks in between. So I was definitely having a lot of fatigue a lot of um, irritability, you know, um, mood swings. Uh, I was having a lot of apathy. I work in the ER, so sometimes it's emotionally draining. So we kind of like separate our emotions, keep it in check. And sometimes we're too guarded. Like we we don't want to show emotions because there's so many things going on. So many people dying at the same time. We say we cannot be too emotional because otherwise it's just going to stop us from doing what we need to do. But then because of that improper negative coping and you keep doing that every day at the at the peak of COVID, um, I was used to like, um, I'm sorry, work in the ER, but um, um, there would be like three, four people that would die in a shift the most. But during COVID, I would see six people die, seven people die. We would intubate back to back. We would run out of crash carts. It, it was crazy. So um, it went to a point that I was developing apathy that I felt like, you know, there should be some emotional connection with your patients because you are treating them as humans. They're not just an object that you need to do this and that. But because of the apathy, you kind of like lose that connection with someone. You're just going through the routines, the tasks. You're just showing up to work just to work. So 
you know, with burnout, it kind of does that to you. You're like a robot responding to like the tasks that you need to do, but there's no real connection. And at the end of the day, there's no sense of fulfillment or sense of, you know, like um, I did some something for someone today. You know, like I did I did a difference to someone today. I was able to help them understand or navigate their healthcare situation, which I normally would do if it wasn't for I was I was working that much. So partly it was also my fault because I was doing a lot of shifts. Um, but definitely there's a lot of stuff in that checklist that would have told me if I had known that list or if we had given, okay, I'm having a burnout right now and probably I need to slow down what I'm doing. Yeah. And I, and I think so many nurses, thank you for, for sharing that, um, you know, from, for everybody on the panel, because I think there's so many nurses that are probably looking at this and listening to you right now and thinking the exact same thing. We've got here um, some stats. The majority of RNs experience burnout at some point in their careers. In fact, in 2017, Kronos study found that 63%, nearly two-thirds of nurses in hospitals reported experiencing burnout. So if people were experiencing that in 2017, how much more so having lived through and worked through a pandemic where the stress has just been, I mean, it's just another level. It's nothing that anyone could ever anticipate or, you know, or ever expect. And um, so I think, again, just a really important topic that we are covering today and just to, to give a voice to those people who might not even realize that um, that they were just kind of going through the motions and, and experiencing that burnout. Um, Leanne, what would you say is the difference between burnout and compassion fatigue? Well, first of all, what is compassion fatigue and how is that different to burnout? I, I see compassion fatigue, fatigue more as the emotional drain when we've just given so much that we're exhausted emotionally that's my own definition and and i think burnout is mind body spirit and and sometimes we pay attention to one and not so much the other and in compassion fatigue they pay a lot of attention thank god to the mental and the emotional and sometimes even the spiritual well-being of the caregiver and, and then we don't always pay attention in, in some aspects of to the physical part. And um, and I, I've coined a phrase that I sort of made up, but um, I suggest that that we are not so burned out as we are drained out. I live in Colorado and we've had horrific wildfires here in the past few years. And when you see the damage from burnout, it's destroyed. And I like to give hope in that, that Perhaps we're not so burned out as we are drained out. And we can refill our wells, I think, by giving tools and programs and support for each other that we can build our resiliency again and, and provide, prevent complete burnout and um, not be so drained out and refill our wells. I think that's a great way of putting it. I've never heard that before, drained out. I made uh, it up. Yeah, but I, I, I love it. I think it says a lot because <clears throat> it, it's not that, you know, it, when you say drained out, as you say, there is there's hope. There is, you know, you can be filled up again. And it doesn't mean to say that if that's how you're feeling right now is how you're always going to feel. Right. So um, right. I think it kind of gives another perspective to it. So if we, if we talk about um, self-care, um, what actually is self-care? What does that mean to you, Carla? Self-care for me personally is um, I need to take care of my own well-being. 
So it can come in different aspects, um, whether it's physically, um, spiritually, mentally, emotionally. So ev- all of this will come into into play. So with um, with what happened to me, I think um, in in some way uh, it was a blessing in disguise that I was on maternity leave when when COVID hit. And so I, I continued that. I told my facility that I, um, I'm just going to extend my leave and I am not sure as to when I'll be able to join again. And they were very understanding um, about it. So always make sure to a point that um, you check in with yourself about like what Leanne mentioned about what what do you really need so that's that's really tantamount um with taking care of yourself more than anything okay so yeah that 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 is true so we have a slide which is what what are the factors that cause burnout Carla, can you what what would you say are the factors on the slide that maybe cause for you specifically because your situation is a little different you weren't doing bedside but still yes um, you know, experiencing burnout, what would you say was the, the biggest factor for you um, that was causing you you uh, burnout and how you actually were able to care for yourself? So for me, since I transitioned to as an infection preventionist for the state of North Dakota, we were actually working long hours during the weekend. So I believe that fits, fits the criteria for me, working long hours and then the emotional drain and patient deaths. Um, there were tons of deaths every day, especially from the long-term care facilities. And we would they we would see them dropping like flies. Like every day we get reports from from all from all of the facilities in North Dakota, and we would see the number of deaths. It was just staggering. It was like, wow. Uh, I can't believe um this is happening. There's so much deaths that happened. Um during especially the the first surge before the vaccine rollout even started, there was just a ton. It it was like mind blowing. Yeah. And I think sometimes when you're in that situation, you kind of cope with it in the moment, but afterwards it hits you what you've actually lived through. And so, how would you say that you were able to take care of yourself in this situation? So in that situation, um, what I did was I I I made like a, a buddy system. Um, this this is something that I got from another friend of mine who was working in the hospital. I was like doing a, a cell check with another friend of mine and asking and asking her, "Hey, how are you doing?" Like we we were doing chats um, like every other day at least even just for five minutes. So we were asking each other, hey, how did your how did your day go? Um, did you feel, um, what made you feel uh, that there's some gratification from, from what you did from, from today's work? Okay, so make sure that you at least sleep for six, at least six to eight hours instead of eight hours because, you know, um, they were just working and working um, during those time. So six hours. And then uh, I made sure that I ate healthy food, vegetables, fruits. Um, of course, protein also had to be there. And um, since um, since I am Muslim, what also helped me a lot was to 
um, connect really with with my faith. Uh, my faith, my faith in Allah really helped me help me a lot to to cope with so much um, of the menace that COVID made since since it hit. So that that's a huge deal for me. Yeah, that is very helpful. Um, you know, there's, there's that saying, um, if, if you have faith, then you believe that life happens for you, not to you, because there's a big difference. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. And that kind of gives you that, that grounding. We hope you enjoyed today's episode of Nursing in America. Part two will be available next week, so make sure you hit the follow button and come back to join us then. If you enjoyed the episode, please help us and leave a review. Kinetics USA is currently recruiting registered nurses internationally. We offer direct hire, which means healthcare facilities will directly sponsor and hire you to work here in the USA. If you're interested, please apply at kineticsusa.com application. That's kineticsusa.com forward slash application. You can find the link in the show notes.